0: Hello and welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. It's the first episode of 2023 and we're excited to be back. I'm one of your co-hosts, the comedian Josh Young. And thank you for having me. My name is Lucas Ng, the actor portion of this podcast. Yes, he is. He is Lucas Ng, the actor portion. And uh, yeah, welcome to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. It's where two creatives talk about their process of making it. usually we like to have some friends and guests along the way sharing their experience. But uh, you know what? I feel like I got to ask you this question, Lucas, because we've done it 77 times up until now. It would make no sense if we didn't. First time asking in the year of our Lord 2023, have you made it yet? Lord Jesus Christ, if I were to lie, it
1: would be a major sin. So no. I have not made it yet. Although I, I right before this, I was memorizing some lines for a new, um, a new Hallmark movie. That's going to be filming here pretty soon. Nice. I mean, I'll just put this out there, you know, I don't feel too confident with that part and all that stuff. Um, and also like, ugh, I was watching the banshees of Innish last night. Ooh. And, uh, w- one of the, well, I mean, this might be a, Actually, I can't go into it because it's a major spoiler, but it talks about, like, an artist, like, like, cutting off things. Jesus. <laughs> I think I just okay. ruined it for them. Anyways, cutting but it talks. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, oh, I'm, I'm giving away way too much already. But basically, like, an artist um, uh, uh, cutting off their major tool that they use for their craft, their penis. And- <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not going to go into it. I don't know why it was the first thing I thought of because it's, it's either that or their tool, the craft. Of Van Gogh cut off his ear, but anyways, I, uh-huh. I do need to watch. I do need to watch that that movie. Um, um, but, but but just continuation of that. Just uh, I,
1: I'm like losing my voice right now because I have like a cold, so uh, I can't really talk much less um, vocalize too well right now so as an actor i need my voice so I'm, I'm losing it man i'm losing it anyways things will get better anyways uh mr josh young
0: yes yeah mm-hmm. have you made it yet i have i have not made it yet i have not made it yet i've you know getting back into podcasting has been a little tough um i pushed myself i really wanted what? to get the 12 days in a row of uh welcoming back to sleep with josh podcast i managed to get about seven out in a row and then i was like burnt burnt out for for like a couple weeks especially going back to work and stuff so hopefully i'll i'll be able to get some of the last ones out but um yeah i need a, I need to get back into that 2023 you know uh was it resolutions and and uh get back onto a schedule but um yeah, it's slowly, slowly getting there, but uh, it could be better, but it's nice to see that we're we're back here on this podcast. the Have We made it yet podcast. Hell yeah! and today we do have a very excellent guest. he's He's kind of a deep cut. He's like he's a bit of a deep cut guest because I go way back with this guest all the way to when we were quiet Asian kids in high school. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I stopped there. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I know our guest today from high school. We actually, uh, reconnected at the high school reunion last summer. Uh, and it was great to to see him again. He had a, he had a bit of a glow up. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be, uh, pretty interesting for our viewers, but, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a glow up since, since high school and, uh, yeah, he's a very, uh, in tune, uh, guy in the stunt coordinator, uh, stunt action, uh, industry in, in Vancouver. He, you know, based out of Vancouver. Um, but he is also a director, filmmaker. I just want to make sure I get this, uh, get this right. Uh, he's done, uh, directed several action shorts, uh, some of which you can find, uh, on his uh, YouTube channel, Unoya Creations. And that's been going on for years. I remember seeing that in university, uh, when I'm he first started um, putting uh, action shorts on it. And uh, yeah, his last production, it was kind of an interesting uh, project that he told me about uh, last summer is, uh, saw him go to Africa, East, uh, not East, East Africa in Tanzania uh, to actually go shoot a documentary about a Kung Fu school in Tanzania. Tanzania called I think it's Shaolin uh, let me see if I have this correct Shaolin Tanzania and uh, while he was there he was there for 17 days with a whole team of uh, stunt coordinators and filmmakers and uh, yeah he was teaching the students there about film creation filmmaking uh, so that they could also tell their own stories through the power and magic of filmmaking so I'm very happy to introduce my old friend stanton chong and button click button click (laughs) you know
2: as you guys were uh doing the intro i was smiling behind uh everything it's just it's nice to see you guys um yeah this is awesome to see it Uh, it's awesome to be
0: part of and thank you for having me on board yeah man we're excited to have you on um for me especially whenever it's like i see High school, even just at the reunion, seeing like high school friends and how how they've changed or grown in the last 10, 12 years. It's just it's great to have you on the podcast and have you share your experience, which is why I got to ask you the big question, because that's why we all get paid the no dollars uh, on this podcast. Stanton, have you made it yet? Um. So I was thinking about this answer
2: over the last few days. And I have two answers to give you. I got a double share. On one hand, no, but on the other hand, yes. And the the reason, and I'll, I'll highlight these reasons. If I was to, I feel like if I was to go back in time and spoke with my childhood self, Say whether I was 10 or 15. And then I was to go up to him and share with him the character of who I am now. I feel like my childhood self would say, Yes, you made it because of who I become in the process of working, hustling, living life, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. A lot of my childhood dreams were. I was able to do a lot of my childhood dreams. Uh, So in, in that sense, I would say yes. However, if you were to ask me again, and if I was to answer it at face value, and I was to answer it as authentically as possible from my current perspective, I would say no. Because I feel like there's a lot to be worked on for myself, both personally, personally, professionally, and just in life in general, I think life is a ongoing. It's an ongoing journey of learning, uh, both externally and internally. And I think having the mentality of wanting to continue to be better, I think that's what life is about. And so you, I never, you never really make it. I don't think. I think you can strive to pursue it.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my long answer to it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I feel like you kind of know with, uh, the guests that we have on those who have kind of been through it and like have experienced that, that, that is ultimately a lot of the takeaway from, from their experiences. Like, yeah, based upon what my impression of the industry would be or what I wanted to do it's like wow I've done so much but then it's like at the same time once you grow and once you learn and once you just experience a bit more it's like oh man I just then you want more or it's like you just always see kind of that next step what would you say right now you would consider as like Maybe not necessarily like, oh, you made it, but like a goal that is like your next big goal that you want to achieve on your path to whatever making it means. Um, I think it would be to
2: learn to accept myself of who I am and continue to portray myself as authentically as possible, both in personal and professional relationships. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, I think that is my goal moving forward. Um, However, uh, that can also extend out to career, uh, which is uh, doing things that is authentic to me, doing things that I feel like would be a benefit to the world, to myself, to the people around me, and just trying to be better whether that be in the medium of filmmaking or in the medium of business or or in, in anything in general i just
1: mm-hmm.
2: i'm in a weird place right now like i have the intention to try to become a better person but mm-hmm. it's it's the different avenues that i'm searching for right now and yeah that's where i'm at right now
1: yeah um Yeah, like I see from your IMDb that in addition to being a director, you've also been like a producer and also an editor too. In talking about like the different roles that you are taking on, especially with the medium of filmmaking, which of those two roles, either an editor or a producer, do you think has made you to be a better director? That's a really good question.
2: Um, I would say editing. And the Mm -hmm. reason for that is because it, it 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 is annoying, it is a very annoying task because you got to sit in front of the computer for hours and hours on end. Um, however, um as an editor, you see all the mistakes that's made on set. And 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 because of that, on the next project, you can, at least for me, I, I, I get to think oh, okay, I made this mistake on the last project. And this is what I noticed in the editing room. Okay, I won't do this next time. Or maybe I'll do it in another way next time. And that facilitated in the direction that I want to move forward uh, while directing. So I would say editing is um, my greatest learning experience for directing. Um, However, with producing, I think the reason I produce is only—it's only to get the projects done, to help, mm. to, f- to facilitate it, to, to 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 use that role as like a, as the legwork for the creative side of it, right? And in doing that, I also learned a lot about directing. Uh, and the reason for that is because you learn the logistic side of things, you learn mm. why you can't and can do things, um, and for those reasons, you learn to be creative around it.
1: Nice. Uh- I love how at times like um, art imitates life just because you had said as an editor, you could see from a third party perspective, like different mistakes that you could see or different things that you do want to um, do better at or, or even encourage more just because you're distanced away from it, from the actual points of making it, you know, such as life too. Like when you take a step back, then you can really reassess as your journey of becoming a better person then kind of comes into fruition because then you can really have perspective. Um, I, I Sorry, Josh, I'm not sure if you did have another question on there, but I did want to ask you more about like your stunt work and you as a performer too, because just watching some of your shorts and, and, and some of the choreography that you put your actors through and also yourself through um, in terms of just performance though, how have you managed to keep yourself in tip top shape? So you don't get injured during the process of choreography and, letting your actors do your choreography.
2: Mm, I see. Um, I just want to um, kind of create a precedent. Um, I am not a stunt performer. However, um, I work uh, with within the stunt community and for the stunt department. And I guess my role within that would be the action designer, which essentially what, what essentially it is, is um, I facilitate the action scenes through the perspective of camera and editing. Um, so I'll kind of give you a rundown of what it's all about. So essentially like, mm-hmm. um, the stunt department re- received the script. Uh, they have like, a uh, they have a like walk walkthrough and they have like a discussion production meeting and discussion about the concept of it. Uh, the stunt department, the stunt corner and the boss, the, the face of the stunt department would take the script, uh, share with the team and talk about what, the scene entails. And then from then on, the choreographer would start building the fight scene, building the scenes uh, based on the director's direction. And then once the scene is built, I would come in and I will help film and edit the scene. And what that serves is it helps create an idea of what the scene looks like so that we can send it to the producers mm-hmm. and the directors in the studio for what it looks like. And so then they will re- either mimic it or uh, use it as a point of reference to create the actual show. And yeah, so um, yeah. to answer your question, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just try to stay fit um, because if I'm amongst athletes, I want to be I, I want to I want, if I'm amongst them, I want to be I want to try to be on the same level as them. I want to try to associate with them and have a degree with, with, with respect degree of respect with each other so if they're training hard I want to be training hard as well just so that
0: we can have this type of camaraderie with each other mm-hmm. is there something about that action design world because it's like a world within a world of filmmaking like what part of that attracted you the most to be like that's that's the area I want to specialize uh in and 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 do filming filmmaking through um I actually um uh,
2: well, as, as a young kid, I've always enjoyed watching like action videos uh, such, uh, such as like Once Upon a Time in China. One, two, three, four with right. Jelly. Uh, those were my favorite videos. and yeah. um, so, so in seeing those, I always thought that I wanted to be an action star. Uh, mm-hmm. I always thought I could be that cool guy uh, doing like no shadow kick, you know. Um, uh, but then I stumbled upon uh, some aspiring <laughs> performers uh, uh, in my early 20s and they wanted to shoot fights. They wanted to do fights. So in order to shoot fights, there needs to be a camera guy, right? There needs to be a guy filming it all. So I became the filming guy. And in doing that, I've learned to really enjoy it. So then I continued to make more action videos, uh, that you see on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. they're really fun, funky, weird sometimes, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and so, so in doing that, I really enjoyed making action videos because it was always very exciting, and uh, I was able to learn a lot, and I was able to play with the edit, add some little VFX to tell a story, and through that, I was um, uh, I was reached out by uh, uh, a few stunt coordinators to help with uh, a production, and in and then in, 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 in doing that, it taught me a lot more about how the industry worked, and. Through 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 working with them and building the action design of different shows and features, it gave me a love for it because I was still able to continue my filmmaking art, my filmmaking passion
1: mm-hmm.
2: within the realm of film. And so I just enjoyed doing that and I just continued doing that.
1: Nice. Um, I, I did want to ask you also, like, I was watching some of your shorts and there was one, I forgot the title though, but it, it was like a femme fatale kind of one where like, the the girl or the antagonist or protagonist was just like slashing away at some of your actors it was like who is she what was that the title yeah yeah, yeah yeah, dude that looked badass man including all of like the blood design and art design and everything like that uh, um yeah. of course like I-, I see a lot of like horror and also action and everything like that in terms of your genres that you like to dabble in but have you um considered like any type of like comedy action that you did want to dabble in later on in life or anything um, I, I well, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, I really really
2: appreciate it when like people like watch the videos and yeah, um, yeah, and compliment me on it. So, thank you so much. It makes me feel really really good. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, comedy. Uh, so I've done a few comedy shorts. Um, uh, I'm not sure if all of them are on, on, on YouTube, I'm not very organized, okay. uh, but I've done a few and um, I do also enjoy them a lot. Uh, because with comedy anything goes really and anything can be funny so long as you make it drastic from what is expected and mm-hmm. the, the thing with comedy the thing with comedy in my perspective is yes it's an art form but a lot of mistakes can be fixed just through editing um, mm-hmm. um, and you can just always cut away with it or, or use sound design to accentuate like a, a really dumb moment and it'll be funny so um, yes, I would be very interested in, uh, comedy, uh, just, just cause I can play. And it's also a very
0: fun vibe on set as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, um, in that case is like Jackie Chan or Jet Li? <laughs> um, I have really
2: big appreciation for both of them. Um, it's <laughs> such a
0: political answer. It is, it is, it is
2: and. <laughs> It is because it is because it, it is but I'll I know I
0: get it. it I get it I get it they're both like they're both like it's, it really is hard to choose
2: yeah. Right um I grew up watching Jet Li mm-hmm. There we go um <clears throat> I grew up watching Jet Li however I was blessed to be able to work uh for Jackie on the project abroad
0: Wow uh,
2: so um and so in in seeing that it was like you can see the work ethic out in china it's it's crazy um and then the amount of respect that he's garnered and the amount of respect that he embodies with the with the, with the people around him it's just it's just so fascinating to see and it was just it was a blessing to be a part of because in and working on that production it has taught me a lot about film and about myself and where i want to go
1: mm-hmm.
2: so from from that respect i also really respect and Jackie as 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 a role model for what he's created in film.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's definitely he's like, he's like a machine because he's he's basically our well, I mean, not our Tom Cruise. He's he's in it of himself and his own section of cinema history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got such longevity into it. What, what was uh, when was the production you worked on um, uh, with Jackie?
2: Um this was for uh this was I believe um late 2016 for wow. uh the feature called
0: Bleeding Steel. Wow, cool. So so uh on that production, uh what kind of stuff did you do?
2: Um I was doing the same thing. So I was uh I was part of the previous action design. So I was just mm-hmm. helping out with the action scenes, helping out with the stunt team, helping out with the stunt coordinator, uh Max Huang. And um yeah, I was just helping
0: out with the action from the perspective of camera and editing. You know what, that that must be like an invaluable experience because if you're if you're talking about the film industry and like the history of it, Jackie Chan's stunt team is like legendary. Like they've got just decades and decades of history and knowledge mm-hmm. behind it. Like what was one of the the takeaways from seeing how their stunt team worked that your that you're like this is this is what I got to do as well um the main thing that I took away from it was
2: their work ethic mm-hmm. um we were working 18 to 22 hour days what yeah. wow <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember like uh this was when we were in China like every day before we went to work we were sitting on a bus to travel about like I don't, I don't remember like 10 20 miles to wherever the set was and I remember the guys on the bus uh these Chinese guys they're like we got to make the money. got to make the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's down and, and then it's so cloudy everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that was like the first project, big project that I really got to work with. So uh, I'm kind of just following along and just going with the flow and trying to do my best with everything that was given with to me. Um, so I, I would say it's the work ethic. Um, and two is the way they worked with each other, because like the stunt team, Jackie stunt, Chan stunt team, they have... They have control of the set when it comes to the action. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not usually the case here or. Yeah, it's not usually the case here in Vancouver, but because they had that, they were able to shoot what was designed in prep. uh, And for that reason, that really made the action look good. And I was just I was just really grateful to be part of that because that taught me a lot about action design, taught me a lot about the nuances of comedy and storytelling within Mm -hmm. the action. And and uh, and then knowing how to work as a team and with the team to
0: create cool stuff. Yeah, I, I remember seeing like a little interview of Jackie explaining like a scene that um, maybe it was police story or, or, or one from like Hong Kong in like the 80s or 90s where he's like breaking down the scene and the action and the, the comedic elements of it. It's like it's like that kind of knowledge only comes from like. Trial and error in the beginning, and just being in the industry for so long. Um, I know for Unoya uh, Creations, you started that a long time ago. And if anything, that's I remember when you first kind of started posting about it. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Stanton's doing doing this now. It's like that makes sense. I remember I remember first seeing Stanton perform at our senior uh, December talent show, where he performed oh, he shit. performed a Taekwondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. He performed a Taekwondo uh, display, and at the end, grand finale, he did a full backflip in <laughs> front of the entire school. And like, oh shit! Everybody went crazy, and it's like, damn, what a moment! I'm so I don't glad. know how I how I got into that, but I do want to talk more about how was that experience for you? Because that was like, I remember that was high school, and like, I was a quiet kid. I remember you were also a quiet kid. Like, how was that experience to do a backflip in front of the whole school?
2: Uh, I'll be honest. I can't remember. <laughs> <It> back <up. laughs> oh, However, I do. In hindsight, yes, I was very quiet. I was very timid. Uh, but martial arts for me back then mm-hmm. uh, was kind was was kind of like my output for yeah. my personality for who I am, and I. I... Thinking about it now, yes, I think I was a little bit nervous when performing that, and I'm just so glad I landed that backflip because it would be
0: very
1: <laughs>
2: embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I think uh, the great, yeah, I remember. I remember the great thing about watching that was that was like you were in your element. Like even if everybody maybe so I was like, oh, Stanton, he's the, he's kind of like the quiet quiet guy, but like because you were showcasing your element, that's where you were. You that is like it came off great. So it's like, that's the thing where I think everybody, even especially around that age is like, you know, everybody has our preconceptions of each other. But once we're actually in the thing that we enjoy and that we can feel the most comfortable in, it just comes across as like, you know, more confident and just more, more interesting. Um, The reason I went there is like going back from the beginning of Unoya, how has that experience starting that and creating and doing everything from the pre and the post and shooting and editing all the way up until like when you be when you started doing bigger projects is like how much of that experience in that trial and error for you has influenced where you are now and how you approach things um
1: that's a really good question um
2: I think I would I would say in ever since I started um, I never really knew what I wanted to do I kind of just mm. went with the flow and just did things to get things done mm. uh, and in doing more of these videos um, I learned that I actually really enjoyed it and and through that enjoyment I continued making more uh, try to gather some friends together to create more stuff just for the fun of it you know and try to get, yeah. and then try to try, try to get views try to be like uh try to make it on YouTube you know that's that's the deal um Mm -hmm. obviously it didn't work out but whatever (laughs) Um, but but i i would say i would say what the the biggest the biggest things that i've learned in making these videos that carried over to where i am now is i would say the work ethic uh Mm -hmm. because there's no money to be made um there's no there's you don't really get anything from it for, besides the fact that you made something and then you can show it to all your friends and you're like, Oh shit, we made something. Let's make another one. You know, Yeah. So, like be- because I knew, I guess in hindsight, because I knew I was able to do that, I knew I was able to do bigger projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that these big projects are paying, paying me or any, any um, pay me a lot or anything like that. But in, in the realm of, passion it, it it gave me it gave me the drive to mm-hmm. continue doing it because i know i can already do it and i can continue to enjoy it
1: yeah, yeah. i i love that point just because also I, we do see some like recurring faces in your in your youtube shorts and everything like that and one of the major things that i did see as a major benefit from you creating your own uh content was the community that you have built and i, I do see um that the friends that, that you have now and the people that you collaborate with are amazing performers too, at the same time too. So it, it really does speak to your way of hustling and and creating that community because without that, it, it is really hard to do your dream alone. Totally. I think, I think
2: yeah. we, uh, as people move in packs, I don't think anybody can really do anything on their own. And yeah. a good team of passionate individuals, sorry, a good, good team of passionate driven individuals i think is uh the key to anything um because like you go through hardships and it's cool and it's nice to be to to do it along aside other people as well and that's what i yeah. wish we can continue to do um
0: in the next 5 10 years or so speaking of finding the right people let's start have. talking about how you found your way to africa a kung fu story what a segue um and how you got involved with the other five guys on that uh, team uh, of four Black Monk productions uh, to go to Tanzania and be able to shoot that documentary. Um, yeah. Just to get uh, a little background from your experience, like how did you get involved with that project? Um... So I actually asked uh, the director uh, of that project, uh,
2: his name is Eric Mazampaka, and uh, he actually shared with me the reason why he wanted me to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been a long journey. So I was over the last, it is 2023 right now, I think from 2017 until roughly around 2021, I was working on uh, the production *Supergirl* uh, as an action designer for uh, nice. the, uh, for uh, for the stunt team. Uh, stunt coordinator was Simon Burnett, and within 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 the work, uh, I got the chance to work with multiple different performers that came in to rehearse to 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 perform. Right, and one of the performers was Eric, uh, our director. And when working, I'm also very quiet. I like to observe. And then execute i like to Mm -hmm. observe what's happening around me and then uh gathered enough information to do what i need to do and what he shared with what eric shared with me was that he really liked how observant i was um and how i like to listen he he said i like how i like to listen and try to find different ways to execute and so then he wanted that on his project Mm -hmm. um, for this ambitious project so I think it was, I was, I would say from his perspective, it was like a three, four year process for me. He just asked me out of nowhere and be like, Hey, do you want to come to Africa? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Let me know the details and we'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, because I guess he's, he's very perspicacious in his, in his own way as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so, so yeah, that's how I got involved and uh, we grouped together and away we went and, we just made
0: the project happen and now we're here.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's definitely um, I mean, I feel like that makes a, that that's like the common story in the industry is like you work on different uh, productions and projects. You meet different people and then it's through that. It's like where people remember what it's like working with you. It's like, hey, if they like working with you, that helps a long way towards them asking you if you they, like if you want to join uh, the production. Um, mm. yeah, uh, when it comes to then like setting things up or, or going there, I don't know if you've ever been to Africa, uh, before, but what was one of the first things that you noticed about, uh, arriving in Africa and starting the, the 17 days of the, of the production that really changed your perspective, uh, going in. Um, Hmm.
2: It was I definitely had a culture shock the moment I landed and the moment we got to uh where we lived. I I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned in experiencing that trip trip would be hmm. I'm thinking of five different things, but I'm trying to kind of pull it into one. Um Okay, here's one. So, and I think this is uh, very relatable to uh, our lives, like our everyday lives. Yeah. Which is when 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 I was there, I was there for a little bit over two and a half weeks, about two and a half weeks. And in in staying there for two and a half weeks, it felt like I actually lived a two and a, actually lived two and a half weeks. Like I was living every single moment of it, uh, but. In contrast, when I'm here, when I'm back in Vancouver, I feel like two and a half weeks just flies by in like two days, mm-hmm. right? True. And so the lesson in that is, I, I think I think the reason why I felt that way is because when I was there, I was trying to take everything in. I was trying to be as present as possible to enjoy the culture, to enjoy the beauty of it and to work, focus on the project, but while at the same time, be very alert of what's around me. Um, I was always on. And and in doing, in doing that, it allowed me to, be a lot more focused in who I am and what I'm doing and what my surroundings are. And I feel like, or at least for me, I don't really do that as much in my hometown in Vancouver. And as a result of that, I feel like life just passes by. So to Mm. extrapolate that same, that, that same lesson, uh, to to hear what I try to do now, well, now that I'm here is to try to be more aware and to pay attention to more things around me, to pay attention to what I am doing, why I'm doing things and to act a little bit more authentic in everything that I do, just so that I can read out of life as much as possible in every single moment, because time goes by so fast, man, like,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and that's one of the biggest lessons that I've taken away from it. And I know it's outside of the production, but it's more, more of like a life lesson that I've that learned, but that's one that really stuck
1: out to me. And that's something I want to live by more for myself. Definitely, man. And it's kind of cool. It's like, it's only through being present, being cognizant, would would someone actually um, understand that there's actually like a Shaolin presence within Tanzania and everything like that. I was wondering, how did the doc story even come about and what inspired the director and also yourself to actually go film it? So, um, in East Africa, Tanzania, uh,
2: Tanzania, there is, so there's a group of, uh, training Shaolin kids, uh, at a Shaolin temple training mm-hmm. martial arts. And they are very talented, so, 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 so talented. They're doing flips awesome. on concrete, man, <laughs> <laughs> jumping so high. So you can only, you can only imagine how they started learning how to do that in the first place, you know, like, like. Um, so they're just so talented. However, there's no, there's no eyes on them and mm. nobody knows who they are, but they're training really hard. They don't really know what else is out there. Like, like, like what we know about the world. Right. So Eric, um, because he noticed the talent um, there, he wanted to shine some light on them and then give them the confidence that, Hey, your hard work will pay off one day. That's mm. kind of the idea of it. And his direction, his intention with this entire project would be to, to uh to 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 give them freedom through cinema essentially that's what that's what it's all about yeah. to help them experience more of the world have more eyes on them through the hard work of martial arts um and on top of that the reason why eric wanted to bring me and uh the, uh, the other guys on board was so that we can teach them uh the art of filmmaking so and I'll just expand on that a little bit so we had i believe Three uh different classes. Um first class was um uh there was a guy teaching them how to write, the the, the concept of writing. St- oh. the second class was uh teaching them the concept of cinematography. And the third, which was what uh myself and Dan Ganane was uh teaching, was the art of filming action. Um and all combining all three of them that gives them it gives them the tools to uh, learn how to make movies themselves so that uh now that we're here they can spend all their time on their own with their iPhones or with their cameras to uh to make movies on their own and put it on social media so eventually if that one person catches uh, sees their talent maybe they might be able to get an opportunity to maybe travel elsewhere or to Mm -hmm. a little bit more things and and then it, with everything like the reason why we film the documentary is so that we can uh shine even more light on them uh to to share with the world of what they are capable of and what their skill sets
1: are awesome it's somewhat reminiscent of of uh Masayu Jiri recently did a doc called like uh Giants of Africa which spotlights uh, like a lot of African players that are trying to strive into the NBA and everything mm. um that's that's amazing here that it's not just solely about kung Fu and Shaolin training it's like teaching kids the medium filmmaking, because it is such a, a all encompassing craft that, that is so uh, needing of so many different skill sets. And it's incredible. Um, I I did want to lastly ask you like uh, during this doc though, what have you learned about the international appeal of Kung Fu as a result of your documentary? I think. Hmm. I have two answers for that. Uh, first
2: answer is I think, uh, martial arts and Kung Fu can be misunderstood from those who, mm-hmm. not, who, who do not do it. Uh, and like, they might see it as like a dance or like some sort of like thing that you just do for no reason at all. Right. But on the flip side of it, on the flip side of it, martial arts is a way to connect everybody. Um, and the reason for that is because like I, I trained Taekwondo as a kid, uh, martial arts, um, And I'm blessed to be able to still be part of the martial arts community without still, I I still train here and there in the background, but then still be a part of it through the idea of martial arts. And when I was there, um, the cool thing about it was that whenever we were training with them or whenever we were filming and uh, interacting with them, the idea of martial arts was what helped us communicate with each other mm. through movement, through the spirit, through the uh, spirit of hard work, because there's, there's also a language barrier, right? So we, we had to communicate it. We had to communicate through body language using one or two words and then try to describe whatever we're trying to describe. Right. So, and, and then martial arts was something that we were able to use to communicate to the other person through, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just, just that in itself. And, 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 in understanding that I think there's a beauty in it. Because ultimately, it can still transcend through different countries and different, uh, different people without the
0: use of language
2: or without mm-hmm. the use of verbal language. Love
0: it. Love it. Man. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting is because it's, it's such a fusion and combination of different cultures and, and origins like Kung Fu going to East Africa and, and blending in with like how local sensibilities or, or local viewpoints are. And then you guys are coming in with more of like a North American kind of like action cinematography type of experience and and vision. When it came together, where you like were teaching them how to put it all together in like short action films or how to direct sh- uh, action shots, was there something that you saw in how the kids approached um, that kind of filmmaking or those action sequences that were was unique? to their perspective um
2: one thing that we noticed uh when we were uh sharing our knowledge was that they learned really really quickly Mm. um like it's almost as if we didn't have to fully describe everything but we were just able to like plant a little concept the idea of why you do things right and then they would use that seed and then apply it to everything that they already know and just do their own thing. Mm. Uh so that, that that was really cool to see. Um um it's it's very cool to see now because on social media they're starting to actually make a little bit more uh, action videos, you know. So, uh, and and because, because they're making it and because they were I guess inspired by uh what we were doing uh it has given them the confidence to make more and they've perhaps they feel like they have the knowledge uh to to do more now and Yes, it might be their own, their, 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 they may have only started it, but time is really long. You know, like in five years, who knows where they can go? In 10 years, who knows they can go? And that was actually the intention of a director, too, to plant a seed. So then in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, what can they become because of that? Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I think there's a beauty in time. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Are they on TikTok? I don't know, but I know they're on Instagram.
0: Okay, cuz they got to get that TikTok algorithm working for them. It's true. That's that's like how a lot of that that uh stuff gets per, get blows up. But um one one other question I have is like where are these like uh kids coming from? Like is is the the origin of how these kids come in through just local families or is there any other kind of like story behind um like where these kids are coming from to go do Sha- the Shaolin Tanzania? I think a lot of them,
2: uh, a few of them are the sons, the grandsons of the grandmaster, um, uh, talk too much about it, but uh, the documentary will highlight a little bit more about the backstory of it. But essentially like they they come, there's a lot of different kids, a lot of different students. Right. And some of them come from different families from different parts of the city, the town, and they all come together, uh, just to train. Um, sometimes they live together they live like in like a little little, little like five by five like room uh and they just sleep eat together and then train together and that's that's their life that's kind of like yeah they're calling i guess and they try to do it as much as we can
0: as, as they can yeah because because i remember like seeing youtube videos of the shaolin temples in china and like they're doing they're doing performances um for the visitors Uh, sharing the the cultural elements but also like you can tell that that's that's just their way of life as well in terms Mm -hmm. of waking up in the morning doing chores doing practices um cool well I mean that's that was already such a unique story and and experience Mm -hmm. when you said that you were gonna go do it that I knew I just I Mm -hmm. felt like we needed to have you on the podcast to to share it Um, because it's like you know when you're making you never know where you're gonna go And like the different experiences that will inform um, what you want to do. So like coming back from that production, um, is there an element of like how that's going to like influence you moving forward or, or like put you on a path where it's like, Oh, maybe I want to do this as a result of this experience. Um. It's definitely motivated
2: motivated me to work harder uh, in everything that I do, uh, because in seeing them work hard uh, with what they have, and um, it like there's no excuse for me to not, not work hard. Uh, so that's one thought. And how I want to apply that to my projects and my future uh, career is to do the exact same thing, to wake up early, to work as hard as I can with everything I do and try to go after everything. Because how can I... How can I be a role model to other people if I don't live, uh, like how, how they live? How, how can I, the question I ask myself is like, okay, they, they're, they're working really hard. How can I claim myself as a teacher or someone that's sharing knowledge if I'm not willing to work just as hard as them, if not more. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's, that's what i brought back with me, um, in terms of making more projects, um. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's always, it's, it's, it's so, it's so weird because I, 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 in terms of like project, it's always going with the flow. Um, I am trying to be a lot more proactive now with going after projects and, uh, finding ways to do it, uh, both monetarily and logistically and creatively. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm always searching for uh, other opportunities or other stuff that speaks with speaks to me and try to execute as authentically as possible. I think that's Mm -hmm. for myself.
0: Love it. I mean, that's it is part of the journey, man. That that is like part of the experience of finding out what's that next thing, what's that next passion, what's that next project, and. What what's that next thing monetarily that can support us as well? Because that's also a big part of it and we all need to f- figure out a way to do that. Um I know. But that's that's a huge part of it. But um yeah, no, excited to see um the the final documentary when it goes like what's the timeline for uh when it gets released? Uh we don't have plans on releasing it yet, or or at least the
2: outlets of it yet. However, the goal is to complete it by the end of 2023.
0: Okay. Nice. So, so we're all doing like um post production and and crafting
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: the story behind it. Um great. Well we'll we'll definitely keep uh keep an eye on it and uh yeah. through like all your different social medias when when it comes time to it. Um I know you can follow it on Instagram and, and check out the website as well. Instagram, I believe it's called a kung fu story. Uh I think I had it up here. Yeah. A under dash, a under dash a A under dash Kung Fu story is what you can search it up on Instagram. Um, But before we end off, we usually like to just do a little palate cleanser, a little, little light game with our, um, with our guests, because, you know, once we talk into the, into the experiences and the learnings and the lessons and the emotions of making it, it's like, it can get a little, little intense. So uh, we usually like to, uh, ask our guests a final question where it's like would you rather you know oh. it's like would you rather this or would you rather that so uh lucas oh man you kick it <laughs> off with your first one let's go i mean i picked a rather intense
1: one just because yeah i don't know i just figured like we could go with more intensity We'll we'll, we'll really lean into it okay my girlfriend's coming back right now so hold on a second
0: Okay. We're doing anyways, it live. We're doing, we're doing it, it live. live. <laughs> we're doing it live. All we're right. All long. right.
1: Okay, Stanton. Again, oh. this is this might be too intense. Whatever. Okay. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? Same. Oh man. I,
0: you know what? I do like
1: that though. I like that. Would I rather know
2: when I'm going to die or how I'm going to die? Yes.
1: I have to choose one. Yes, yes. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Okay, I got an answer. If I had to choose one, Mm
2: -hmm. I'd rather choose, I'd rather know when I'm going to die. And the reason for that is because I think death, death gives life meaning and if i know when i'm going to die i would put my life timeline on on like an abstract map or yeah. a spectrum or whatever you call it you know and i would decide okay what is the best move i should do given this time frame for for my soul for my heart for my career for for everything in life you know yeah and, um, so then i would be able to act accordingly and do things accordingly so that by the time uh by the time my time is up i would have lived all the things that i wanted to live and to do all the things i want to do to share all the things i want to share with no regrets mm.
1: hell yeah hell yeah project management of your own life which you when you do have like a, a leave off or blast off well, date i guess Love so, it. yeah <laughs> What what about you guys? What about you guys? I got to ask that to you guys as well. I, I'm kind of interested in how I'm going to die, to be honest. Okay. And if it's like actually cool, you know, mm. like if I die choking on, on like a gummy bear while I'm laughing,
0: it's like, oh, that's kind of on brand for me. Mm. But I, uh, I'm
1: kind of curious. Yeah.
0: I I would be like, there's, there's some pros and cons to each because it's like knowing when you're going to die, then it's like, well, then that means... I could do a bunch of dangerous things and I know I'm not going to die though. Granted that doesn't necessarily mean you won't suffer tremendously or be in a coma or or whatever like that. But like having that definitive end date, I feel like when we, if you answer that, you're assuming and you're hoping that it's going to be when you're 75 or like 80, as opposed to like, Oh, you're going to die next week, by the way. Oh, well I wasted that choice, but it's like, but then on the flip side, it's like, if you know how you're going to die, I depending on what that is, I wonder how much that would actually affect how I, you know, go about my life. Because it's like, if it's skydiving accident, it was like, oh, huh, well, perfect. I'm never going to go skydiving then. And then it's like, what if you just accidentally f- fell out of a plane and that's what it's okay. So then maybe I'm not going to go on a plane ever again. But then it's mm-hmm. like, so I'm just neurotic and uh, and and I overthink things. So either decision would be terrible for me. Um Totally, <laughs> But maybe I probably want to know when I die. Uh, okay, so my thing, my question, uh, Stanton, when it comes to shooting an action short, would you rather shoot the, all the action, action sequences where the fighters or characters only use their hands and arms or they can only use their legs and feet? When performing the action, hmm. I think there's a lot to do. I think there's a lot you can do with
2: hands, uh, a lot more than I don't have the knowledge for it yet. Uh, but I would probably choose feet only because um, only because uh, I did taekwondo and. It would be, and shooting something like that, if I was to choose between one one of them between the two, I feel like it'd be a lot more meaningful to shoot an action scene with just your feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because
0: I would be able to relate to it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Because I was wondering in terms of a creative execution, like which one seems more dynamic? Like which one would it be like coming off the screen? is like maybe like, yeah, it just feels like y- you can do more with it visually or or, or like which, with hands and, in arms like is it more intimate or you can tell a story through that or is like but then the feet it's like you could get creative with it so eh, interesting okay cool maybe that'll be like a pseudo challenge for you it's like just do just do one where it's only feet just only only legs and feet i'll That's do that long. i'll do that one day i'll share that with you yeah nice. yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. they'll be like where'd you come up with this idea a friend of mine asked me on a podcast Josh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just asked me on a podcast and was like, okay, well, we could try it.
1: Um, <laughs> send it to Quentin later too. Quentin Tarantino. He'd love it, man.
2: <laughs> I
1: just I had a lot of blood and like gore in it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of heat shots. Yeah, <laughs> Every- oh man. Um, but great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for answering uh, those would you rather questions and also coming onto the podcast and sharing with us, you're making an experience, making a journey. Um, Yeah. Do you want to share with uh, us and our audience uh, all that your socials or like where people can find you? Uh, Yeah, I'm very
2: disorganized on social media. I kind of just like go with the whim. (laughs) But my Instagram is uh, Stanton Chong at Stanton Chong. Uh, I have another page on Instagram, which is called Directed by Stanton. Um, I don't know what to do with that. So I just kind of post like different pictures on it. Cool. Uh, (laughs) And yeah. And then my YouTube channel is, uh, Inoya. Um, I do want to do something with it one day. I just don't know what yet as well. So yeah, those are my socials.
0: Cool. Cool. And, uh, Lucas,
1: what are your socials? Um, everyone can find me across social media at just at Lucas, John Hing.
0: I'm primarily on Instagram, so you can just find me on there. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? For me, uh, at Josh young comedy. Um, and of course you can listen to the sleep with Josh podcast, uh, we're cut. We came back with, I think we got about eight episodes, new episodes now, and I'm going to put up some more and then we're going to get back on a steady cadence. I swear to God that I will get back on a steady weekly cadence. So look forward to that. And of course, keep an eye out, uh, and check Africa, a Kung Fu story, their website. We'll have some links down below, um, and watch Stanton's action flicks. I mean, mm-hmm. watch watches action shots, watches YouTube, I mean, it's all very good. It's all very good stuff. And he put a lot of work into it. So we got to support guests of the podcast. And uh, again, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on, Stanton.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, this was a blast to uh, be a part of. So thank you. Oh, thanks,
0: awesome. Okay, cool. So we'll see everybody when we see everybody in the next episode of the podcast.
1: <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. How do I? Oh, do
0: oh, I I'll like... edit
1: this. Oh, no, no, don't. No. You, you can stay on. You can stay on. Yeah. <laughs> How oh, do okay. I'm Stop just, recording. Uh, there we are. I'm there just going to do some smile.